Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here and Winnie. Hi, Winnie. Say hello. You'll hear her for sure. (laughs) Winnie is with us today, and I'm so excited about it. This is the first time we've actually podcasted live since Winnie has been born. We have been taking a little break for Lexi's maternity leave. So this is the first time that we've done this in a little bit. Yeah, I felt a tad discombobulated today. I'm like, make sure I get all the things done to do this. (laughs) Make sure everyone has pooped and is sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. So how are you guys doing? We thought we would give life updates for our icebreaker today. We're doing well. Yeah, things are definitely, I think this is the first time, you know, you get postpartum and you're like, okay, it's going to take a while, but things will get back to normal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if things will ever get back to normal. Right. The normal that it was before. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So that's been interesting for the first time, but we're doing really well. I feel like this week has kind of been a a turn for me. I don't know. Yeah. Just how many weeks is she now? Seven or eight. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like things smooth out a little bit at like two months. And then at three months, you're like, okay, we're in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It usually takes me like to yeah. three months. And then I'm like, okay, I, we have some sort of a rhythm finally. Yeah. She's really sweet. The kids are, the kids are good. So we're just uh, trying to figure it all out <laughs> on little sleep. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Um, <clears throat> you guys are on summer break for school. Oh yeah. How's garden going? Oh, I, I give up. I'm just, it's a wash this year. I mean, it's fine. Stuff's still growing. I've, yeah. you know, harvested peas and stuff. It's just, I, do, are you guys having a drought where you are? Uh, no, not really. We had, okay. we had a pretty big rain Sunday. So, well, I mean, I was already kind of skeptical. I'd get much out of it because, you know, I was pregnant, but now we're on a drought where they're like finding our city specifically for using water at certain times of the day. So it's just, it's been, it's not pleasant to garden like this. It really Mm -hmm. isn't. Yeah. And everything looks ugly already because we live in a desert. So, um, we've got two tomatoes so far, which has been exciting. And I have a lot of green ones on the vine, but they're not turning very quickly. So waiting for those, I've got quite a few yellow squash. Oh, and what else have I got? Ton of herbs, some strawberries, blackberries, stuff like that. But Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Not and a- Ryan got us a, an anniversary tree. I wasn't planning on getting more fruit trees this year, but he did plant one for our anniversary. So that uh-huh. was really cool. That's cool. What did you get? Yeah. We ended up getting a peach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just got some peaches from the farmer's market and was reminded how much I love peaches. Fresh peaches mm, are yeah. so good. They're so good. We got some sort of variety where the pit, like, removes itself basically when you cut them open. So oh, it's supposed to be easier for processing. Yeah. That's cool. Do you eat peaches with the skin on or the skin off? I'm actually not a huge peach fan, but Brian mm. is. Okay. So I, I mean, I always just eat it like I do an apple. So I leave the do. skin on. Yeah. Okay. Some people do. I peel well, the skin off. I peel the skin oh, off and I find I it so even... odd that people eat. No, that's the thing. <laughs> that's funny. Our friend Margo, um, <laughs> who we had on here not that long ago, her daughter ate a kiwi with the skin on when they were here. And I was what? like, I know. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, she's eating a kiwi skin and all, you know, like thinking that she would be like, oh, that's weird. But she's like, oh, sometimes we eat kiwis with the skin on. Hey, Margo, I'm talking about you. <laughs> uh, fiber, I suppose. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's not bad for you. I was just like, oh my gosh, the fuzziness of that. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, things are good for us too. Um, just really busy with church building, which I've been talking mm-hmm. to you a lot about. Mm-hmm. But in case our listeners don't know, we are remodeling a church building. Our congregation will be moving to a new building this Sunday. This will be our first Sunday there. And for the past probably month, month and a half, I am losing track of like how long it's been, but we've been remodeling this building and it's been a ton of work, but it's been so okay. wait, remodeling because it was an old church or remodeling because it wasn't a church and now it's going to be a church it was an old church that was being used for other purposes now oh okay um, okay they were like uh they, they weren't meeting there like their congregation wasn't meeting there anymore um okay. they there was like a um food pantry there and something mm-hmm. like that so we had to tear down a wall a temporary wall that they had put up for that and take down a lot of fluorescent lights and do a lot of painting and um, all kinds of work with the wiring and stuff for sound and put up a fence because we have a million kids at our church <laughs> and who are not oh. used to, who are not used to being on a main road. Okay. So okay. we put in a big fence and put our playground set in the fence because normally well, on Sunday crazy. mornings you see just like <clears throat> 50 kids, a herd of 50 kids running outside free. And oh, no. um, yeah, so now um, we had to fence them in. They are no longer free range, as Jared said on a Sunday morning anymore. <laughs> I don't think we had to have a playground, but that would be nice. I've never even thought about how much that would just help out the kids to be yeah. able to do something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been good. It's just been a lot of work. And um, <laughs> have you seen um, Parks and Rec, the show Parks and Rec? Yes. Okay. okay so there's this episode where they all get the flu and um, Chris Traeger is like, my body is a microchip, the tiniest grain of sand, <laughs> like completely. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I feel kind of like that with our family. Like we do a lot of things. Jared does shepherd's crook and pastors and then works at a water mill. Um, so he has a lot going on already. And then like adding more to that has just completely disrupted the microchip. Um, yeah. But it's been fine and it's been sanctifying. Like the other night I was there with a bunch of ladies and we had to frost the windows on the bottom, like for security purposes so that they weren't being able to be looked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had done 10 of them and there were two more to do. And <laughs> the roll like the sticky that you peel off the back so that you can put it on just kept shredding off in tiny pieces and it was just like one of those moments where the work is not going well and you're like why is everything going wrong and my friend Mallory gave me the quote uh from C.S. Lewis that life is the interruptions you know like God sanctifying you in the interruptions yeah. So yeah, it's been lots of that of like, God is sanctifying us through these interruptions. And this was also ordained. And like, hard work is not a bad thing that I don't want to shy away from hard work. Um, yeah. But also like, this is not a pace that I would want to keep up forever, knowing that it's a season. And we've talked, yeah. about, we've talked about that a lot of like, you know, knowing your margins, and where you do and don't have margins. But then there's also times like right now where I know that there's an end point to this. So I'm willing to push through and let the laundry be mountainous because I know that there's going to be an end date (laughs) where we will get to move in and the work will be done. 
but yeah, it's been a lot, but I think that's, that's funny. You mentioned that quote, cause I was kind of, I was thinking about a different one, but the same point, because personally I've been like sick nonstop since I delivered Winnie. And I was going to ask if you have a cold. Yeah, I do. I have a, mm-hmm. I have a pretty bad cold right now, <laughs> but I had to remind myself when we got the stomach flu, I was like, this is miserable. My life sucks right now. And I had to think, well, wait a second. This is a part of your life. This is yeah. a part of your marriage. Like there's yeah. a reason your marriage vows include in sickness yeah. and <laughs> health. Right. Um, Cause you can just give up in those seasons and, but you really have to press on and not press on for the end point in more joyful times, but press on for joy in the moment, even like how Mm -hmm. to figure out to make this celebratory even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there was a lady that mentored me once and I remember going, we were going through something and I was saying, I just can't wait for life to get back to normal. And her saying, what is normal? Like, what do you mean normal? And that has always stuck with me of, oh yeah, like this, this is real life too. When you're Mm -hmm. going through the difficulties and the stress and tired and um, yeah, and Providence decided to like stop sleeping the past week. So oh, <laughs> it's just like, this is what God has for us right now, being tired yes. and falling into bed at night. And that's okay. And it'll, yeah. be, it'll be different soon. It's not a surprise to him. Yeah. So we are going to talk about family worship today. One of you wrote in and asked <clears throat> us to talk a little bit about this. So we're going to kind of explore what our family does for family worship, why we do family worship and all things surrounding that. So do you want to like give an overview of what family worship looks like in your house? Yeah, our main thing. Well, our main thing that we're doing right now is just we finished up. I think it was Van Dyken's Covenant Catechism, which I absolutely loved. Um, I don't think there's any other name besides covenant catechism, but it teaches, um, biblical theology from Genesis to revelation. Have I talked about this before? I don't think so. Okay. Um, from Genesis to revelation, it teaches biblical theology through a catechism question and answer type of a, uh, format. Um, so we finished, I think Genesis to first Samuel and it's a four year cycle, if I remember correctly. So, um, they're going to pick that up at the school next year at St. Brandon's. So we, Brian's reading, oh, what's it? Wise Words by Peter Lightheart right now to the boys. Well, and Daphne too. <clears throat> she's kind of in our younger age where we don't consider her part of, um, she's a part of family. She's part of worship, but she's not giving narrations afterwards. Mm-hmm. The other boys are. Um, so she kind of sits there and wiggles and giggles and stuff, but yeah. she needs them too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what we do in the mornings. Brian used to, we haven't done this recently, but I told him, I really felt that was helpful for me. Um, we would actually all kneel together before he'd leave in the morning and he'd pray for all of us. Mm-hmm. That was so helpful for me to remember I'm accountable to the Lord for my day mm-hmm. and my attitude before he leaves instead of just, I don't know. It just helped me stay more accountable, I guess, to joy in my work. Yeah. So I asked if he would kind of reinstate that, but, um, yeah, so that's what we do right now. I kind of, cause Brian taught on this recently in Sunday school and I, it just kind of made me want to figure out how to work even more into our day, if that makes sense. But it, it is hard when everyone's going in different directions and we live in modern life. We're not living on the prairie. Yeah. <laughs> so at our house, we do family worship in the evenings and 
we have like three elements of our family worship. We sing, do Bible and prayer. Um, mm. So sing and then hearing from God and then responding to God. And we, we go through a catechism also. And, and then we go through um, right now we have a uh, it's ransom has been going through a young readers Bible. And um, sometimes he'll read to us from that. And sometimes Jared will just go over a story from that. Um, and then we pray together. And sometimes we do a thank you, Jesus game, which I think I've talked about before, which is where we all go around and just thank the Lord for something. And that's something that Jared did growing up too. And I love it because I feel like it helps us to just be grateful. Think about the things throughout the day that we can be grateful for. Oh, um, that's such a good idea. So and, literally you're just saying something that you're thankful for each of you. Is that? Yeah. So we literally just go around in circle and say, okay, we say we're okay. We're going to do thank you, Jesus game. Thank you, Jesus for fill in the blank. Thank you, That's Jesus, for um, letting us play outside today. Thank you, Jesus, for a really pretty day. Thank you, Jesus, for um, whatever it may be, you know, fill in the blank. Okay. And everybody comes up with one, and we go around the circle a few times thinking of ones. And okay. little, little kids can do yes. that. That's a Yeah. Yeah, we really like that. Um, so that's something that Jared has brought into our family from his growing up that I like that about it too, that that's something that they did as a family. Um, and we always sing a lot of times we'll sing a hymn that our church is going to be doing like our, our, um, worship pastor, Andy, he has a YouTube channel that he's put all of our Christchurch songs on. So a lot of times we'll just like pick a song that we sing at church because we want them to also be able to sing with the congregation on Sunday mornings. So yeah. we'll, we'll go through like a hymn a month, um, singing the same one for a month and, that way they get to know that song and they're able to sing it on Sunday mornings. And it's a part of our worship as a family at, at night. So I like, I like it that we do that as well. And then, um, yeah, we pray together as a family and we all bring prayer requests to one another, things that, um, things that we want to pray about and, and, um, Valor and Ransom both will give requests that they, that things that they want to pray about. And, and that's really cool. Just hearing their hearts of things yeah. that they, they're thinking about. Um, so I love that as well. Just hearing their requests before the Lord. That's cute. Yeah. So um, why do you guys do family worship? Why do you think it's important to have that as part of your guys' rhythms as a family? Um, I think it's important to remember that like, <laughs> sorry, family as a husband and as a mom, you are, your family is your first church congregation, essentially. This is something that the Reformation kind of brought back into existence because before that they had to rely on um, like the professional church mm -hmm. because the scriptures were in another language. They didn't have access to them. So family worship was really something that the reformers reinstated. Um, and so I think that's for us, it's just remembering like, it's weird as a pastor's family because you always have a church, but there, there are families in other situations and locations that, you know, say military, you might not have a church for a month because mm -hmm. you're in the middle of guessing you're moving in. You don't even know there might not be churches where you are. If you don't have family worship as a center of that, you could very easily drift. Yeah. So I, I think that's part of why we've seen it as so important. Um, I know that's why it's important for my husband and for our kids, like Brian's responsible for our kids first mm -hmm. before he is for the congregation. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to train them up too, and just have family, uh, family virtues flourish under 
scriptural teaching. There's no other way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know both of our families were wanting to build this type of culture in our family that they will hold on to forever. Um, we want this to be kind of a part of their DNA that they feel like family worship is very normal. To, I didn't grow up doing family worship necessarily. We would pray together as a family. Um, yeah. But we didn't have like an intentional time of family worship. Um, but we want our kids to have this as part of their um, just culture of a family, that this is what they think of when they think of having a family of, okay, with my children one day, I want to do family worship in our, in our evenings or mornings or whatever, whatever they end up doing. But I want them to feel like this is a very normal and essential part of family together is, is doing this um, as a part of our rhythms and hopefully a part of their rhythms one day. Yeah. Something that I, I told you this earlier, but something that really, I was wondering after Brian taught on this was the, the, the Reformation church had three days, three um, times of the day that they would all agree to meet and pray, pray as families, not as entire congregations, but as families. And it kind of made me wonder, you know, Lexi, would you personally have more victory over sin in your life? If you had three marked times of the day that you were stopping to reflect on prayer mm-hmm. or, you know, to review scripture or, you know, to pray with somebody, would you be more victorious in your life if you were doing that? And mm-hmm. so I have been trying to think of little ways to implement this more or, or even just like tools that I could bring in to use. But again, like I said, it's really hard when your family is in different locations all day long. It, it's really hard to do this. Yeah. Um, another thing that I was thinking about was, um, these small moments of intentionality over a long period of time. And uh, Rachel, yes. Rachel Jankovic refers to it as like sprinkling gold dust, that that parenting isn't mm-hmm. dropping one large gold nugget on your child's life that yep. they will then be able to reap the benefit of. But it's like yep. sprinkling gold dust over their entire life. And um, I'm reading this, or I just finished it last night, The Duties of Parents by J.C. Ryle. And he refers to it in his book as the same concept, but um, as watering a young plant that you would do it Mm -hmm. gently, often, and a little at a time. And, and um, this just having like a daily rhythm of family worship is those little, little bits of watering over time that you are trust in trusting the Lord that he will bring a really awesome harvest to at, um, throughout their life. And I just, I think that's a good way to think of it too, is like, we're, we're not trying to like dump an entire systematic theology upon our child in one moment, but um, this is an intentional time that you can set apart of imparting truth to your kids that they'll hold on to forever. Yeah. It's in some ways, it's really hard to answer that question. What is family worship in your home? Because Mm -hmm. Well, does, does singing a psalm before dinner count as family worship? Mm-hmm. Does reading Narnia and discussing the deeper truths count as right. family worship? Well, yeah. yes, all of yeah. it falls mm-hmm. under the sphere of spirituality. So yeah, yeah. It's, I love, I love the Deuteronomy six, um, mm-hmm. that when you rise up, when you sit down, when you're on your way of like this, this training a child that that's happening all the time, that it's when you're outside looking at nature and you're describing something to a child and discussing the beauty that God created in it, um, that you're making it really normal that when you see really cool things, you're thinking, you're thinking and talking to each other about how amazing God is, that you're not just seeing it as meaningless something, but you're seeing it as 
um, a created something by a creator that every, everything in your life is an opportunity to train your child in the fear and paideia of the Lord that we've talked about before this like whole character of a person that we're trying to develop. And, um, yeah, like you said, it could be talking about Narnia and, um, or it can be reading the Bible together that you're reading the actual scriptures together. It's both. Yeah. At the end of Brian's class, he was just saying like, if you're feeling overwhelmed by where to start, just start simply with the word in singing. Yeah. And I, I just think that like, that's honestly part of why he feels so passionately about recovering Psalms for the average non-musical ear is because it's such a deep way. Even if you don't even study scripture, sing the Psalms, you're singing scripture together. You're memorizing the word. I think memorizing scripture together is a great thing for family worship. Also just having, um, like for my kids, they're still pretty little. So we just have like weekly verses or sometimes, sometimes more than a week, a verse that I'll write on our little family scripture board. And, um, and we'll try to memorize that together, but that's also a great thing to do. Like what better can you be doing for your child and giving them the scriptures? Yeah. Yeah. Hiding his word in their heart that they might not sin against him. And in our hearts, you know, that's another cool thing about family worship. It's not just for our kids. It's for us that we're worshiping that we're worshiping together. And, um, I'm, I'm blessed because my husband wants this. He wants to take responsibility for our family and, um, and help us in our worship of the Lord. And I think maybe if you don't have a husband that's doing that right now intentionally, um, which I'm pretty sure most of our listeners are Christians, but um, if your husband isn't being intentional in this right now, begin to pray for him that he would um, take on that responsibility and um, take it seriously as the leader of the home and and um, encourage him in that as well. Yeah, I think it's also important to be aware that the way he may lead the family in worship is going to look masculine and it's going to look different from how you may do it as a female. You may want to see it happen as a female rather. So don't squelch any of his attempts to lead. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Because if you want your husband to lead, then let him lead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. don't exactly. don't want your husband exactly. to lead and then and then actually be leading by your manipulation. I have a really good quote from this Ryle book that I thought I would share also. So the, the whole book, he's basically talking about Proverbs 22, 6, the train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he will not depart from it. So he's talking about that scripture and um, just saying like that as we obey um, this command to train children up in the way that they should go, that God meets us in it. And, um, that it's ultimately God at work, but God uses means and that we're the means that God uses to train our children. Um, so, um, in this book, he says, I know that you cannot convert, convert your child. I know well that they who are born again are born, not of the will of man, but of God. But I know also that God says expressly train up a child in the way he should go. And that he never laid a command on a man, which he would not give man grace to perform. And I know too, that our duty is not to stand still and dispute, but to go forward and obey. It is just in the going forward that God will meet us. The path of obedience is the way in which he gives the blessing. We have only to do as the servants were commanded in the marriage feast at Canaan to fill the water pots with water. And we may safely leave it to the Lord to turn the water into wine. That's really good. Yeah, I love that. Just that the miracle of salvation is in the hands of the Lord, that God ultimately saves our children. But 
God also gives those children to us with a job that we are to be training them, that we are to be taking it seriously, that we are to be intentional. And um, in our family, we want, oh, hey, speaking of kids, one just came in here. Come here, sit by me. Um, but we want to be as intentional as we possibly can, pouring all the grace that we can upon them and trusting that the Lord's going to do something amazing and being fully expectant that he will, that he will save our children. Hi. <laughs> this one waked up he came and said i waked up <laughs> can you say hi no all right well that's pretty much all that i had what about you yeah i think that's it okay well that's our two cents on family worship uh any resources that you want to give a shout out to things that you guys have liked we're going to get the Geneva study Bible after this. And we're going to use, we're just going to start going straight through scripture on that. I think I've talked about that Bible before on here, right? I have heard about it. I don't know if it's from you. I don't know. Okay. Well, when the reformers, so after the reformation by law, the courts in the land became reformed courts and the church leaders realized, okay, now we are a full reformed public system, but our, church congregation is not reformed because they have not had access to the scriptures for years. So how in the world could they be reformed? So what they did was the reformers wrote the Bible commentary that goes along with the Geneva study Bible. And they just told the families and their congregations, basically study this in your family worship time. This is how we're going to um, help kind of mold a reformed mindset in your, in your families. And it was like within three years or something insanely crazy basically from Scotland and Ireland all the way through the UK, they were considered reformed churches because they had been so well studied in the scriptures and the reformed perspective from those commentaries um, that their churches were just completely up to speed after being generations and generations without the scriptures. Hmm. So that's it was awesome. written with the idea of church, I mean, family worship in mind. Hmm. So that's, okay. we're going to get it and go through it. Okay. And it's just a study Bible with commentary. That's essentially what it is with the comments. Yeah. I've heard, like, I've heard in uh, the book, The Puritan Hope by Ian Murray, I heard him say that the Geneva translation was supposed to be more politically correct than King James version. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know why or what the specifics are there too, but yeah. Okay. So I'm excited to get it and check it out. Oh, you know where I think I heard about this? Uh, didn't Canon Press do like a audio version of the yeah, they Bible? they really an updated translation okay. for the summer Bible reading challenge. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. That's where I've heard about it. Cool. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. They don't have the commentary on there, but it is, it's there. It's the Geneva translation. Yeah. Ryle is really big about, um, just giving your ch children scripture. He's like, mm -hmm. don't, mm -hmm. don't do in his opinion, don't do like children's Bibles, even and things yeah. like that. He's like, give them scripture. Like just reading scripture to them. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what he recommends in this book. So I, I like a both and situation. We, we like scripture for them, but we also like to, we like a book called the ology. That was a really fun one. Do you guys have that one? Oh yeah. We did that several years ago. My boys really liked it. That yeah. was fun. And they really liked it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you guys have resources that you found really helpful in your family, let us know. Bye.